In a world where it seems totally normal to listen to a podcast about the Toronto Argonauts, it's the X's and Argos podcast. Welcome to the X's and Argos scouting report brought to you by Funny Bone Broth and also this week brought to you by my mustache, which I am attempting to grow to raise money for men's health. If you'd like to contribute, uh, you can find my page at movember.com slash m slash Ben Grant. And I know you probably need a big screen TV to see it right now, but it's it's early. It's er, er, very early in the process. So my name, of course, is Ben Grant. I am joined again this week because we're playing Ottawa. I've got to be joined by the Red Blacks play-by-play voice, TSN 1200's AJ Jakubek. AJ, thanks so much for joining me again on the scheduling report. Yeah, my pleasure, Ben. So uh, I guess what I want to know for this week's game is what the Ottawa Redblacks have to play for, because I think from an Argos fan's perspective, Argos fans quickly forget the rough times of 2019 and late in the season, you know, I think maybe Argos fans are looking at this as, oh yeah, it's an easy win versus the Red Blacks. And I'm going to say that that's not necessarily the case. So what are the Red Blacks playing for this week? That's a great question. I kind of asking myself that uh, as well. I I think when you, when you talk to players though, I mean, they have pride. I, I think that the the ones that you know are probably on the bubble would be playing for you know film and contracts and all that. And I think the the best players, the ones that you would think would have teams interested in them, uh, whether it's the Red Blacks or, or elsewhere, would you know they're they're players that are there for a reason because they take pride in what they do. I think all these guys take pride in what they do and. Um, they're professionals. So yeah, it's the last home game of the year as well. I think, you know, given the fact this has been a team that hasn't been very good at home the last couple of seasons, they've lost 13 of their their last 14 games at TD place. I I think they'd like to send the fans off into the off season with, with a win, but uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot, of different things. It's, it's, uh, I'm sure you'd love to say, well, they'd love to play spoiler and, and ruin the, the Argos first place hopes or something along those lines. But I think it's just about going out, winning a football game and, and, you know, just playing the way that they're capable of playing in all three phases. I think the fans would really like to ruin the Argos uh, playoff hopes and take them out of first place. I think that's probably more a fan thing than a, than a player thing. I think you're right on that. I'll say this. I think, I think Red Blacks fans probably dislike the Tie Cats more than the Alouettes or the Argos. So, if if you're ruining one team's hopes, it's at the expense of one of the others. And I honestly think that to a man, I mean, everyone's going to be different. Some might dislike Montreal because it's closest. Some might dislike Toronto just because it's Toronto. Uh, but I, but I think because of the short history of the Red Blacks probably Hamilton would be the the most disliked of the division rivals. So I think that I don't really know how much weight that would carry anyways. I love that you don't have to expand on just simply saying some might hate Toronto just because it's Toronto. 
<laughs> that and, and everyone understands what that means, even people in Toronto. I think that's that's uh, pretty telling of uh, sometimes how the rest of the country views uh, the city of Toronto. But uh, no, you, you're you're probably right on that. But at the same time, it's it feels nice. They've been such a good fan base. I love the Red Blacks fan base, and that's something that I've been worried about watching the 2019 Ottawa Red Blacks, watching the 2021 Ottawa Red Blacks. I'm worried that that the fans are going to go away. And it's a really nice, passionate group. They're, they're drawing very well, considering how rough it's been this season, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I think they've got... Uh, it's First and foremost, and this is professional sports everywhere, but I think let's just look at Ontario and what we've been through over the last couple of years with some of the restrictions that it doesn't really seem like the comfort level is there with everyone like it was pre-pandemic. Even with games where, you know, it's basically you have to be fully vaccinated to go to a game now. And that's indoors, outdoors, whatever. It doesn't matter if you're talking Leafs games, if you're talking Sens games, if you're talking CFL or MLS or, or whatever you might be talking about. I, I think there's a ways to go just in terms of, where we're at and, and drawing capacity crowds of any sort uh, in any city right now. So you're, you're seeing it. I, I was reading today as, as a guy that used to work at StubHub and now has his own company that's, you know, something similar. And they're talking about actual ticket sales maybe across the board aren't down, but scanned in sales are, are way down off the cliff. So that that's, I mean, that's another topic for, another day on another program, I think, but I, I think I know what you're saying. And, and certainly, for example, I think the Red Blacks have 12,000 season ticket holders and 2,500 deferred. So that's down to 9,500 this year. Now, what are they going to get next year? Are they going to get 12,000? I don't know. I mean, I, I'd like to, to think that this is a loyal group and, and a passionate group, but I think it is, but there's a lot of factors at play here for everyone in terms of trying to draw fans in the future and, and whether it's spending habits, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's wins and losses, whatever it might be. And I think everyone's in that boat trying to ensure that they can get to where they were before. And I think there's probably some sports franchises all across North America and maybe around the world wondering if it's ever going to get to those pre-pandemic type levels. Yeah, that's that's a pretty scary thing to think about. I almost rather bury my head in the sand on on that question because it's it's noticeable. You see it. And like you're talking about, like the Argos game last week, uh, I'm led to believe that the paid attendance was much greater than the number of heads that actually ended up being in the seats. So um, you have people that still may buy tickets, but when it comes time to actually going, are maybe hesitating for, for whatever reason. I like to think that that will that that will go away at some point, that we will have more of a, a return to normal. But yeah, it's a scary thing to think about. All right, let's let's get to this week's game. So we saw the Ottawa Red Blacks a few weeks ago. What what big changes have there been since then in terms of personnel? Are Do we have guys in different places, different players we should look out for? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, the O-line is changing week to week, unfortunately, just because of healthy bodies it just doesn't seem like whenever Ottawa gets somebody back like like a Mark Cordy they tend to lose a couple of guys uh so they they just haven't been able to well they haven't been able to put together the same 
group of five in back-to-back weeks all season. Uh, we'll see if they'll they'll be able to do that. Uh, beyond that, injuries have depleted this team in a lot of different spots where they had to get a look at different players because of injuries to Donian Amba at Sam. So it was Frankie Griffin who started last week. Uh, Sherrod Baltimore was injured at corners. So Ranthony Texada had his first CFL start last week, just like it was the first CFL start for Frankie Griffin. It was the first CFL start for Trey Hornbuckle, a defensive end. And Justin Howell, uh, he'll start at safety once again because Antoine Pruno looks like he's out for the season with uh, with an injury as well. So a, a lot of different injuries on defense. I think they were able to kind of hold up their end of the bargain on that side of the football. And, you know, special teams has been outstanding across the board this year, although first play was Brendan Delanders, ex-Argo, 100th CFL game, first play of the game, he gets injured. So that that's kind of the story of the season. They haven't been good enough, and uh, they've, they've got a lot of different issues uh, that they need to fix, especially in the offensive side of the ball. But 20 guys hurt going into last week, and that number would have gone up you know, right on the first play with that injury to Galanders. So when it rains, it seems to pour. And we'll we'll see if maybe a little more continu- continuity week to week can help here uh, against Toronto. When these two teams last played, Caleb Evans was sort of the talk of the town. He'd had that, that great game the week before, uh, Ottawa uh, pulling out a win. They came into Toronto. He, he didn't quite look the same in that game. Is it fair to say he hasn't quite looked the same since, or have you seen glimmers of, of hope there from, from the young quarterback? I've seen glimmers of hope. Uh, there have been some struggles. Uh, I, I thought he played reasonably well last week also but but there were some mistakes for example you get down 16 10 late third quarter against calgary you're driving you're into the red zone and he basically got under center and and um you know snapped the ball took the ball before everyone was set it was penalty for no end on the play and all of a sudden third and one became third and six they kick a field goal calgary goes down and scores it's 23 13 just learning experiences like that uh that that yeah you have to kind of go through at times if you're a young rookie quarterback i heard somebody talk i can't even remember who it was just within the last couple of weeks that you know who's the last quarterback other than ricky ray that just came in and was lights out pretty much with no learning curve in his first go round as, as a professional quarterback. And I can't think of anybody in that time as well. So I think he's, he's done some things. Well, there's, there's some things that he needs to learn and there, there are areas where he needs to be surrounded by better personnel. Also, it starts on the offensive line. And I I think there's some bright spots in terms of some of the skill position players here. I think Ryan Davis has had a real good rookie season, a player to watch Auburn's all time, leading receiver and, and and a guy like Nate Bahar, who was a first round draft pick in this league in Edmonton had a really good collegiate career at Carlton never really found his way until this year. And now he looks like a legitimate starting Canadian receiver as well. So you've got some bright spots there. RJ Harris is a solid CFL receiver, but I think they could use, and Kenny Stafford's been an upgrade too. I think he's been a guy that, that has come in and helped, but I think you can use, couple of receivers and maybe a running back going into next season and, and also a couple of offensive linemen 
uh, especially if they're Canadian, I, I would think it's a no doubter that, you know, Ottawa's going to pick first or second in the draft, depending on it's going to be them or Edmonton. And I would think that they're going to go offensive line early in that draft to try and bolster their Canadian content there. So there, there's anyways, back to your question about Evans. Uh, I, I think there's, there's a lot of positives here for sure. Is there enough to hand them the keys next year and say, you're the starting quarterback. Uh, is a new general manager going to go down that road? I don't know. I, I, I think they're probably going to look and see how the, the free agency uh, shakes out in the league. You know, you would think a guy like Masoli or Evans, one of the two is going to be uh, a player that that's going to be available that, that Hamilton's going to decide on one and the other is going to have, you know, really with Arbuckle going to Edmonton and the ever, the other seven spots looking I would think relatively stable in terms of their quarterback situation. Now, Bethel Thompson would have to re-sign in Toronto and Kalaros would have to sign in Winnipeg. And I guess we'll see what happens in Montreal. I still think Vernon Adams is the guy there, but you know, maybe Trevor Harris leads them to the promised land and all of a sudden that makes them rethink things. But for the most part, Ottawa seems like the best bet. If you're a veteran quarterback looking for a spot where you could be a starter. And I think if you're a, a new general manager of this young Red Blacks team, do you really want to go into next season with, say, Caleb Evans and Duck Hodges as your number one and your number two? I, I think you want those guys to be brought in here next year, but I'm not sure you want to go with those guys as one and two without a more experienced option at least available to you in camp. Is there... Is there concern in terms of the coaching staff? Like, I, I know there's so much up in the air, uh, you know, given the, the changes that have that have already been made and who knows what's going to happen in the offseason. But is there any sense that these games matter in terms of decisions that are made with regards to the coaching staff? Or is that sort of, is that not really about the results over these last few games? I'd be surprised. I know, and, and I guess, look, if you're Mark Gowdy and you're coming out and, and, you're not going to say that the coaching staff's under the gun here as well. I mean, they, they said they, they want to bring in a general manager that's going to work with this coaching staff. They believe in the coaching staff, uh, Paul police, uh, along with the, the other coordinators as well in Bob Dice and, and Mike Benavides all have time left on their contracts. So they're not upcoming free agents. So I would think just given well, how the defense and special teams have performed and, and the vote of confidence to a court, to a coach that, you know, has only been here one year. I, I think that's, that's part of the drill for the new general manager is this is the coaching staff that you've got in place and in 2022. So this is what uh, you're going to be working with. So if somehow the Ottawa Redblacks pull it together beat the Toronto Argonauts. AJ, how will this have happened? What will have gone on in this game for the Ottawa Red Blacks to come out on top and uh, send the, the Argos home with the tails uh, between their legs? Probably uh, something similar that we saw the last game in Toronto, but instead of for 30 minutes, for 60 minutes. I, I think when you, when you look back at that football game, they should have had more than a 9-8 lead at halftime because six of the points were scored, or I guess seven of the points were scored, but a touchdown was scored on a block kick and they didn't take advantage of the opportunities they had. So you're going to have to convert 
whatever opportunities you might get in the red zone and no major mistakes like that. No pick sixes like we saw in that game. No block punts as like we saw in that game, which is, you know, really not par for the course for what we've seen from this special teams unit that has been almost flawless all, all season long with Richie Leone leading the league in net punting with Lewis Ward, the most accurate kicker and Devontae Dedman leading the league in combined yards. I mean, it's plausible, for example, that this is an Ottawa team that might sweep all the special teams awards in the all-stars in, in the league. I think they should. I'm not really sure there's anybody else that you would vote for in terms, maybe in terms of East all-stars, but in terms of league all-stars, um, I, I almost feel like some people will vote elsewhere because it's Ottawa and they're two and 10, and Oh, you can't have that many Ottawa guys on the all-star team, but that's how good their special teams has been. So uh, by dominating the special teams, uh, by you know having a a strong performance on defense and and pressuring McLeod Bethel Thompson, getting him out of his comfort zone, and just by not turning the ball over uh, on on the offensive side, I don't want to say they have to play a perfect game to win, but uh, they have to avoid all the big mistakes, the big play mistakes that have killed them. And again, it's going to be uh, special teams and defense, and if the offense can can contribute a little bit and avoid some of those big mistakes. And we'll see if they can keep it, uh, keep it pretty close. AJ, it's been great having you on both times this year. Hopefully we can do this again next year and we'll have a more competitive Red Blacks team and some, some real uh, rivalry building games between Toronto and Ottawa. So thank you so much for, for spending time with us again today. Yeah, my pleasure, Ben. For AJ Jackiebeck, this is Ben Grant saying so long and may all your pre-snap reads be good ones. I'll see ya. Go Toronto Argos, go, go, go. Pull together, fight the-